Week 14 got a little bit more interesting as far as the NFC playoff picture. Lions win. Are they in the hunt now after beating the Vikings? Vikings two seed getting a little bit more tenuous at the top. And Brock Purdy mania continuing with the San Francisco 49ers. All that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson, as always, at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Get those questions into us at Twitter. Tag us for our Wednesday mailbag episode. Whatever your questions are after watching 14 weeks of NFL football and previewing maybe the 15th week of NFL football in 2022. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. They score more or less than their prize picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on that entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. How about this Detroit Lions, Matt? Starting the season one and six, now making a little bit of a run and even knocking off Sunday their divisional counterparts in the NFC North Minnesota Vikings, and this is a team that don't look now might have an opportunity to sneak into the playoffs after a 34 23 win. Lions still sub 500 at six and seven right now, but um, they're they're playing much better football. My question looking at this game was this good offense by the Lions or bad defense by the Vikings? Well, you just said that they might sneak into the playoffs. I think they might roar into. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Lions roar. Sorry, <laughs> it ro- roar into the playoffs. Yes. That was a total oh, accident. I mean, I, is this controversial? I think they're the fourth best team in the NFC. I think they played the Vikings eleven times. They win the series. I'm playing the better than news the- sounder on that one. The fourth <laughs> best team in the NFL, NFC, or in the NFC. Okay, okay. okay. Still, still, that's big news. My, that's the, huge. The Lions, who in my entire life have won one single playoff game. Right. I mean, in a month of the season, this looked like a disaster. Um, you know, they're going to have two picks in the top tw- you know, six or whatever. So let's break this team down a little bit. Because I, I think the Vikings defense, particularly their pass defense, is horrific. And their O-line starting to show some weakness, too. But the Lions defense doesn't stink anymore i mean it used to be start all your fantasy guys against the lions bet that over every time it's getting a little better aiden hutchinson in particular and the pass rush are starting to show up week after week i'm not trying to sound controversial but i think Goff is in pro bowl consideration this year especially in the nfc like i'm not saying he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league and i've always called him a a fair weather quarterback and i mean that in terms of actually playing in weather versus domes and home versus away but when things are good, he's good. And I think he's having his best year. They protect him well. They ran the ball extremely well in this game, you know, efficiently. They've got very, very good weapons. And I I see the picture here. I mean, we'll talk offseason stuff down the road, but I, I think Goff is going to be the opening day starter next year. Maybe that's with a rookie. Maybe it's not. But this team's in good shape, and they're going to build a lot of defense over the offseason. 
Goff is definitely playing good football right now. Jameson Williams, congratulations to the rookie getting his first career touchdown. It was a blown coverage by that uh, secondary you mentioned there from the Minnesota Vikings, a 41-yard touchdown catch. There was another long toss that was a nice pitch and catch to DJ Chark in that one, and and the offense is playing at a pretty high level there for the Lions. Um, And you mentioned start all your fantasy guys against the Lions. That's still the case, though, with Kirk Cousins. (laughs) Justin Jefferson did all right. Yeah, Yeah. Justin Jefferson, 11 for 223. Kirk Cousins uh, threw it 41 times, completed 31 for 425 yards and a couple of touchdown passes. So the the Lions are still a team you want to start your, your, uh, your offensive fantasy players against. Is their defense good enough to get them into the playoffs? I don't know, but they just have to play good enough for their offense to score enough points to win some games, which is what they're doing right now. Yeah, I, I'm very impressed. Um, I should know his name, but I don't off the top of my head. The Lions offensive coordinator is getting all sorts of buzz for his creativity and usage of these players as well. Um, I'm going to throw a little something to DJ Chark. You know, like, he, I, I thought that was an underrated signing when they made it, and him and Williams are deep, long, you know, speed guys, and Amon Ross St. Brown is the straw that stirs the drink. I was listening to Matt Harmon, Reception Perceptions podcast the other day. He's been on the show before. I think he's kind of the receiver expert in the world right now. And he had a he had a group of seven what he called elite receivers. And of course, Justin Jefferson was in that. But the the crux of their their podcast was give me five names that might be there next year. And the first name he said was Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, like he's not a fourth round pick that's a good story that's a fun little player. He's becoming an elite receiver. That combination of receivers is awesome. I mean, dude, DJ Chark, your deep ball guy, Jameson Williams, who's still not going to be his full self, I think, this Mm -hmm. year. We'll see that next year, I'm sure, when he's, you know, 18 months or whatever removed from that torn ACL in the championship college game last year. I'm actually surprised he's already on the field in December playing for the Lions. I mean, he's a dynamic athlete. And then Amonra St. Brown, the chain moving guy, he's so tough. Um, and can do a lot for your football team. Like that's that's fun, and I think that you want to play quarterback for for that football team at this point, and with the offensive line they're building up front as well. So, yeah, things are looking really good right now for the Detroit Lions. And one of those offensive linemen caught a pass. Penny Sewell went in motion to hit him, <laughs> hit him for a first down. I mean, what Seal a player it. he is, yeah. Amazing. Uh, ben yeah. Johnson, by the way, offensive yes. coordinator for the Detroit Lions, who's uh, made a meteoric rise for the Lions. He was offensive quality control just a couple of years ago in 2019. Tight ends coach for two years, now offensive coordinator. So Yeah, a lot uh, of buzz around him. Yeah, absolutely. 36 years old, been in the league already for 10 years and kind of bounced around a little bit, but then has really taken off here with the Detroit Lions. Uh, Minnesota Vikings at 10 and three. Uh, well, let's stick let's stick with the Lions and, and who they're competing with for the playoffs. The the Eagles ran away from the New York Giants, which they're doing every week to every team they pretty much face 12 and one. I don't think we even need to talk much about how good the Eagles are playing oh. right now. But the the New York Giants at seven and five starting to talk about wildcard here. And if the Lions can pass up one of these teams, the Giants, the Seahawks, the uh, Washington Commanders, who were on a bye this week, right. they're, they're with the the distance of those teams. Yeah, I mean, Giants, Washington next Sunday night, that popped up. I'm like, oh, that's not bad. I mean, uh, the Lions are going to be watching that one intently. I think the Giants, but I've said this probably every week this year, unfortunately, are on the cusp of just cratering. And they were really no match for the Eagles, even though they scored 22 points. Um, 
but I think the Lions are going to get in is my bottom line is I think their chances of still playing at a high level are stronger than Washington, Seattle's, and especially the Giants. The Giants just jumped out to such an early lead and they've got that tie yeah, on the yeah. schedule too. So seven, five and one, the, the Lions still have to make up a couple of games and there's not very many games left. So the Giants right. just have to win twice. Obviously they're going to make it. They're going to make the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. Because they're seven and one, and that that's going to get you in in the NFC, I think, mm-hmm. uh, most likely. The but if it's not the Lions, how about the Carolina Panthers? And guess what? They it's easier yeah, for them to win the division because they're only one game back of the six and seven Buccaneers right now. The Panthers knocking off the Seahawks, who are seven and six, also in that wild card competition, thirty to twenty four. What is going on, Matt? In the NFL, we're talking about Brock Purdy's, and we're talking about Sam Darnold again leading the Panthers to potentially now, like the Lions, they were dead in the water and now potentially trying to make a playoff run in the second half of the season. And we're talking about the guy who started the season with the Panthers, Baker Mayfield, quarterbacking the Rams right now. Like, this is a bizarre NFL season right now. It is. And I paid a little extra special attention to this one because Steelers are playing the Panthers next week. So I look at the upcoming opponent a little more detail. And... They have a formula, and it, this is obviously a theme throughout the league this year. It's teams that run the football voluminously. 46 carries are really hard to play against. and yeah. they, they don't even care the- what the result is. They no, run the ball just, just keep handing it off. As possible. Yeah, to keep that game close. Yep, and I thought their receiving situation was really interesting in that they targeted 10 different players. Nobody had more than four catches. Most of these guys had like one or two. Yeah, Raheem Blackshear, Shai Smith, Ian Thomas, and DJ Moore, their best guy, injured his ankle, didn't catch a ball. You know, I mean, so they didn't ask hardly anything out of Darnold, but when he did, they just spread it around, probably found a matchup to his liking. And their defense, as you've said for years, is aggressive and very good. And Brian Burns and the linebackers, I like their corners a lot. Uh, I had a little birdie told me that the people in the the Panthers building think CJ Henderson, the former early first round pick was the steal of the world. You know, the him and JC Horn could be a shutdown pair of of corners, kind of like the jets have, and they allows them to blitz a lot. Um, Seattle had nothing going on the ground. I really like Derek Brown in the middle of that defense as well. So this wasn't fluky at all. I, I mean, the Panthers were better than Seattle yesterday. I would pick them against the Seahawks again tomorrow I think they're the best team in their division. I mean, Tampa's a disaster. All right, we got to talk Tampa next. Yeah. Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers losing in his old hometown, his old home area against the San Francisco 49ers. The Broccolips is upon us in San <laughs> Francisco. Uh, we'll talk NFC two seed with the Vikings, the 49ers, and the Dallas Cowboys next. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. You can find any kind of vehicle at any budget for any occasion you need. You browse a huge selection of vehicles at Turo from different hosts for just about any occasion, like say you want to travel long distance. You want to take the family. For me, it was going up skiing in Lake Tahoe. A lot of snow. I don't have a four by four. I wanted to get a Turo vehicle that could get me through the snow. Didn't have to stop and put on chains with my fingers freezing at night um, and, and get up there and, and be safe uh, traveling up to 
the snow and to the mountains to do a little bit of skiing with the family, right? You can uh, find a huge selection all across the United States, UK, Canada, even Australia now has Turo vehicles available. We're talking about um, whatever car, whenever you want from a local community of Turo car hosts, an economy car. You just need to get from point A to B. You need to go get some groceries. You don't have wheels today. You can find that at Turo. A luxury car for that special event. You can find that at Turo. Maybe an electric vehicle. Find out if that fits into your everyday life before you go buy the next car you're looking for. And many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. That's why you'll be able to find a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion available right now as a bonus episode on Locked On Presents. Think Like a Champion's brand new podcast from Russell Wilson and Audible. Russ is a champion on the field, but off of it, we rarely know the grind on the path to greatness. We hear a lot about his grind, but we could really find out exactly what's going on. Peek through that curtain at what makes Russell Wilson Russ, alongside co-hosts Harry Wilson and the late Trevor Moad, they dig into uh, how high-performance athletes, artists, and leaders push the boundaries of their potential. Hear from a two-time Super Bowl champion and MVP, Vaughn Miller. Sharp insights about performing at your highest level in moments of extreme pressure. Or former NCAA champion and NFL quarterback and tight end, Tim Tebow, discuss how to find your unique personal mission to the world. I, for one, will be tuning into Tim Tebow talking with Russell Wilson. I think that is just uh, a, a world I need to learn, find more about is how those two guys are <laughs> wired. Um, Olympic medalists, NFL stars, business leaders, you name it. Head over to Locked On Presents for a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion or catch the full series available everywhere you get your podcasts. Audible, get in the game. I found myself, it was borderline an emotional game Sunday watching the 49ers and the Buccaneers. Because, first of all, the first half of this game, I'm watching this Mr. Irrelevant. Last pick in the draft. Like, you can't write the script for this, Matt. Hollywood would throw it in the trash and say, this is unrealistic. <laughs> right, right, right. What the 49ers have gone through. Broken ankle for Trey Lance after trading up for him. Jim Garoppolo's not even supposed to be around, but he's hurt, so he ends up coming back. And then he's leading your team and playing his best football. He breaks his ankle, and he's done for the season. And now you're with a seventh-round quarterback. And watching how good the offense was the first half, of this game was probably the best quarterback play I've seen since Kyle Shanahan took over the San Francisco 49ers. Five wow. years uh, that's how good Brock Purdy right now was playing for the 49ers. I don't know how long that's going to last, but the, the Tom Brady's coming back to his home. He had a hundred plus tickets for friends and family at Levi stadium. And the crowd in the second quarter of the game is chanting Brock Purdy's name. They show Brock Purdy's dad in the crowd. He's got tears in his eyes. It was yeah. like, what the heck am I watching? Is this really happening? What's going on right now? Then a little bit later, Debo Samuel with uh, with the with the ankle injury. He thinks it's worse than it is. By the way, it looks like a high ankle sprain, mm -hmm. probably Look for bad. it's not an ACL or anything like that for Debo Samuel. But he thought the worst. He's in tears, hands in his face, getting carted off the field. This was wild as the 49ers just dominated both sides of the ball, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 35 to seven. Yeah. I mean, just a couple bucks notes. I mean, I mentioned, I think the Panthers are better than them. I mean, I don't think that this, I think they're a shell of what they used to be. The O line's a disaster. I know this is blasphemous and I wonder if you agree with me after watching every snap, but I don't say Brady's washed, but 
it's time to hang it up. I will say this in Brady's defense. Yeah. And you're talking about the Carolina Panthers. Do you remember what happened when the Carolina Panthers played the 49ers? Their head coach got fired the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we saw what Tua looked like last week against the 49ers defense, and that was his worst outing of the year. So I will say that the, 40, the 49ers defense right now has been outscoring teams, I think, 90 to 14 the last six weeks in the second half of games. Like The 49ers are playing at a, at a weird level right now, especially defensively, and they're making a lot of teams look bad. Yeah. Um, but That's a great point. That said, Tom Brady did not look good in this game. Frustrated, little argument with with uh, Mike Evans on the sideline, yeah. missing some throws, uh, and even when things go right, there's a holding penalty on his left tackle when they throw a touchdown pass on against broken coverage, and that gets called back. So just really a disastrous game for the Buccaneers here, and you come away not thinking that they should be a playoff team, but someone's got to win that division. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean you're right. It's a great point about your Niner D. It's real easy to focus on Purdy and Debo's injury here. But that defense is clearly number one. Like you said, a rare level for today's NFL. Um, I want to throw out a little shout out to Ayuk, though, too. I mean, I think I think Ayuk is not in a bad situation, but for a lot of teams would be much more featured receiver. Like you could do a lot better, a lot worse than handing things over to Ayuk for a couple of weeks. I I like and we there I've come up with a term for Brandon Ayuk when we talk about the 49ers because they have all these OWs they call them offensive weapons mm-hmm. that kind of do a lot of things. But Brandon Ayuk's like the only receiver e receiver they have. He's you know? a WR, yeah. Yeah, he's an actual WR. <laughs> yeah. Other receivers like um Ray Ray McLeod, you know him from the Steelers days, more right. of a kick turn guy, slot guy. And then uh Juwan Jennings runs a you know a four seven on a good day and is a borderline tight end as a big body wide receiver, and he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Um and uh even call- use checks unique and, and, and yeah, yeah, but like Brandon, he's the only wide receiver, and guess what? He's he's in the best situation for being singled up nobody ever doubles Brandon Ayuk because they've got right. so much else to worry about and right. they didn't really worry about the Niners throwing deep a lot um but Purdy clearly has more aggressive eyes than Jimmy Garoppolo did and he's not afraid mm-hmm. to get it deep even though he doesn't have a great arm but he does have accuracy and he has touch and the the moment hasn't been too big for the rookie and that's been most impressive to me his his preparation Kyle Shanahan hasn't had to change the offense for him. He hasn't had to alter things. The, he just rolled right in and had the confidence that Purdy's going to get it done. And, and Purdy hasn't looked like a rookie. So, um, you know, and, and Purdy's one of those quarterbacks. Hits all seven of the the Bill Parcells quarterback draft commandments, right? Just like and in and, and this draft, instant, yeah. three, there was three of them that hit it. Purdy was one. Uh, Kenny Pickett was the other. And... Um, Probably Ritter. And Desmond Ritter, who we're going to see next week. So you would think that he'd be uh, pretty ready to play early in his career, as we've seen from from Kenny Pickett for the most part, and and now Brock Purdy. So um, it's been phenomenal. I'm I'm really kind of shocked at how good Brock Purdy has looked. We'll see if he turns into a pumpkin. We've seen it before with Nick Mullins, but I think Purdy's playing better than even we saw Nick Mullins in a a short time play for the 49ers. So if if Purdy's going to play like that, facilitate his playmakers on offense – the 49ers season is not shot, even though they've had two starting quarterbacks go down already. Yeah, I think you used the term aggressive eyes, you know, going downfield. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a great term, and I think that applies. It's not that he's better than Jimmy, but he's not a carbon copy. And I, the, the other note, which you're obviously aware of, he's a runner. I mean, like, he's a weapon as a runner that Jimmy can move, but this guy's a runner. I heard a really good comp from former because I think he, there's some Kurt Cousinsy there. There's the Shanahan connections, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I could see him um, potentially having that sort of a career. Maybe he is a starter 
uh, potentially in the league long term. I don't know. Maybe he turns out to be a backup, but he's at least locked himself into being a, a high end backup. I think in the NFL, just sure. from what I've seen so far, I've been really impressed. His preparation, his smarts, um, but little athleticism. Tony Romo is actually a pretty good comp. Not also, bad. a guy that was uh, not even drafted. So at least Purdy got drafted, right? So the pedigree there, um, and and a, and a player that can make. He's got a little playmakeriness to him. Little bit of athleticism, functional athleticism. Not going to run away from people and make big plays, but get in and out of the pocket. Sure. Saw it on his touchdown run and in the first half of this game he was on pace for 300 plus yards and four touchdown passes and, and two rushing touchdowns right and then they shut it down in the second half and he barely threw the ball anymore but um yeah pretty impressed by what's going on there and right now i think the 49ers a game back from the vikings now uh game back from where the dallas cowboys are knocking on the door of that two seed in the nfc if you had to put money Very on it, attainable I, I would not bet on the vikes i wouldn't either yeah. Cowboys or Niners, right? For that two seed? I agree. I agree. Uh, and they probably end up well, Cowboys have to win the division. So I think your Niners get the two seed. I mean, Philly's gonna be the one, Dallas oh, will be the five. I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, right. right. And they're not gonna get there. Right. They're not gonna beat out the Phillies. So I think your Niners yeah. will end up number two. Yeah, the Cowboys are gonna end up um going on the road against whoever wins the NFC South. Right. And should slaughter them, but that's right. that's a rough that's rough for Dallas because they're gonna go well. They didn't slaughter the they didn't slaughter the Houston Texans, Matt. Let's no, get to they that didn't. They didn't. I watched very little of that one to be honest, but I just kept seeing the score going. Whoa, when are they gonna blow yeah. this thing out? And finally, yeah, the fourth yeah. quarter, they did. It's pretty unbelievable. Finish up the NFC side of things today, then we'll talk AFC and how that playoff picture is starting to look on tomorrow's episode. Uh, next, let's talk Cowboys. Uh, let's talk. Uh, little, uh, a little NFC playoff picture and finish up this episode of Peacock and Williamson. But first, I'm going to let the folks out there know about prize picks. What is prize picks, you ask? Well, it's daily fantasy, and it's daily fantasy made as easy as you could ever imagine. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. You're not picking an entire lineup. You're not playing against any other people. You're competing just against the projections available at prize picks. You go to prizepicks.com or open up the prize picks app and you check out those prize picks projections and you pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on that entry. And Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, too, because we're talking every day. This is daily fantasy. You can play any sport just about every single day at Price Picks. Of course, tons of NFL projections, Monday Night Football projections, if you want to get involved in that one tonight. NBA, NHL, PGA, college. We're talking uh, WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, tennis, of course, soccer, uh, MMA, boxing, disc golf, cricket, you name it, you can find projections at Price Picks. So download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com and sign up to play daily fantasy sports. And first time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with our promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. You deposit $50, Price Picks will give you $50 more to play with. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. This league is so bonkers, Matt. And we talked about some of the storylines that are that are really surprising. 
And then you get this game on Sunday where the Dallas Cowboys are favored by 17 and a half. And we're looking at it thinking, man, the, the Cowboys can really just blow not enough, Yeah. And not only did they not blow out the Texans, they nearly lost the stinking game. And it was a tight win all the way down to the end. But the Cowboys did come out victorious in this game. 27-23 coming back, needing 10 points in the fourth quarter to do so against the Houston Texans that fall to 1-11-1. The Cowboys now 10-3. and Again, I did not study this game. It was kind of like in the corner of my eye. I'm like, boy, that score's weird. Uh, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll pull ahead. Oh, they'll pull ahead. They'll be fine. And then it's like, wow, they're they're not. And studying it a little bit after the fact, I really think that this voluminous running thing is is key. I mean, the Cowboys had three turnovers. Uh, Houston held the ball for about 33 minutes, even more than that. They ran the ball 37 times and and weren't even good at it. You know, three yards a rush, you know, but it just narrows the playing field. I mean, so many teams this year, geez, I mean, we'll talk Raven Steelers tomorrow. One team ran, the other one didn't. You know, I mean, I I think that's really a massive trend in the league right now. Carolina is the perfect example. Early in the season, it was Atlanta, the Giants, Chicago, you know, teams that, we look at and say they don't really have any good players, but they're hard to play against because they run the ball over and over and over. Damian Pierce, the rookie running back, 22 carries, 78 yards. And like the Texans take that all day long, right? He had a touchdown run as well. There was some funkiness in this game with fumbles and plays at the goal line. One name we have not talked about, I think all season, he's a guy that I've like looked at on the waiver wire and fantasy is like, do I really want to pick up Chris Moore? I need a wide receiver this week. Chris Moore, 10 for 124 yards in this one, has a really nice season. And to be honest, like it's as good as he's playing and you know, playing a bigger role than maybe he would for other teams on the Houston Texans. But we haven't mentioned Chris Moore's name, so I just wanted to throw that one out there. That's a good one. I mean, he's had a good under the radar career. And, you know, you look at their top two receivers and think, well, Moore will be a fine third. Well, they're not getting hardly anything from those guys. And what's the long-term situation with Brandon Cooks? And I also found it interesting, not that I condone it or it's a wonderful idea, but they were rotating Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll in this game. And it adds to that voluminous running thing. Driscoll got seven carries, you know, I mean, it's just one more way to keep moving the chains and wear down a defense. And obviously they have some quarterback issues. You know. Some goal line weirdness when yeah, Driscoll's yeah. in the game, and I, and I saw that, and it's like, well, wait, wasn't Davis Mills supposed to start this game? Why is why, why is Driscoll in so early? Yeah. And then you realize they're they're, they're yeah, rotate, they're yeah, yeah, quarterback. But what hey, it worked. Just if look, if you are outmatched by your opponent, try something weird and confuse them at least. Uh, you know, run the ball a lot, change quarterbacks, whatever. It, it kind of worked, almost worked. It it was as good as it could be. I mean, yeah. for, for what they have talent-wise against the Dallas Cowboys, who probably, quote, took them lightly a little bit as well, that's as good as it gets for Houston. So that's, I mean, that's a win. You keep your first overall pick. You show some respectability. Maybe you gain a little bit of an identity. Good. Okay, a, cu- a couple more notes here on the NFC playoff picture, Matt. And and real quick, tomorrow. folks, we will talk about Herbert and Tua tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and we, we're just going to focus on the NFC this one and tomorrow will be AFC-based. Yeah, let us know what you think about it. Breaking up NFC and AFC on Monday and Tuesday episodes here, just so we don't we want so to be able to talk the playoff stuff, more yeah. games, and talk a little bit more about the playoff picture stuff, and not try to condense it all into one thirty-minute episode today. So, yeah, 
Herbert looking good against Tua Big on time. Sunday Night Football. We'll get into that game and, and the AFC pic- picture tomorrow. So right now, as it stands in the NFC, you've got the Eagles who are running away with everything. Uh, 12-1 and record. They are the one seed. They are going to end most likely in the one seed unless there's something disastrous that happens mm-hmm. here in, in the final four games of the season for them. The Minnesota Vikings still holding on to the two seed right now at 10-3. and three. One game behind them, though, is the Niners who are at 9-4. and four on a win streak, uh, getting good quarterback play from Brock Purdy somehow, which is like just crazy, and their defense is the best in the league. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys are the five seed at 10-3, and three, and as you mentioned earlier, not impossible, two games back of the Philadelphia Eagles, but unlikely they'll be able to catch them, which means they'll be locked into the five seed, which means the four seed is going to come from the NFC South no matter what at this point. The Bucs still have it, even though they lost this week, under 500 at 6-7. and seven. A game behind the Buccaneers is the Carolina Panthers at 5-8 and eight, and the 5-8 and eight Falcons, who are on a bye week, and they're going to Desmond Ritter. Might we see rookie-on-rookie playoff games with Desmond Ritter versus Brock Purdy with the Falcons potentially getting in, playing against the 49ers at some point in these playoffs? What do you think about the Falcons? Because we talked about the Panthers. They're with yeah. the Seahawks who are competing for that uh, wild card. What about the Atlanta Falcons and all of this, man? I prefer the Panthers, and but I'm very excited about Ritter. I think that's the right move. I think the Panthers' D is the difference. But I pulled up the schedule. I mean, what's interesting in the South is, well, they're all bad. But Tampa's last two games are versus Carolina and at Atlanta. And they play Cincy this upcoming week. So – there's a great chance Tampa doesn't go to the playoffs. Like if you said, Matt, Tampa has a one team lead. You can have Tampa or the other two teams. I would take the other two teams. Ooh, that's tough for me. I still think Tampa's better. Yeah. It should be better. Should be, but they haven't been better, but as bad as the, the Falcons and Carolina Panthers have looked sometimes, I can't really confidently say, well, they're going to be better, especially since they have to overcome a game from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then the Bucs will have that opportunity those last two games. And who knows, maybe it's a three-way tie going into those last three games, which will be very, very fascinating. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, real quick, we have 30 seconds. Pick one or pick two teams out of these four to get the two wildcard spots. Commanders and Giants are seven and five. Seattle, seven and six. Detroit, six and seven. I know Detroit has an uphill climb, but I'm going to go with the hot team and I'm going to go with Washington. I'm going to go Washington Giants because the tie that they both had together is going to get them both in by a half a game. All right. There we go. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. We're talking AFC tomorrow right here, Peacock and Williamson.